Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Olin Ergel, otherwise known as Mr. Andersonville. Olin, an App Properties real estate agent, is ranked as one of Chicago's top brokers citywide and is celebrating 10 years this year. According to one testimonial, he is a hustler and a veritable real estate surgeon. Whether you're a buyer or a seller, contact Olin at olinsellschicago.com for all your real estate needs. Welcome, Olin. It's great to see you today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay. So I am originally from the Carolinas. I was born in South Carolina and moved to North Carolina in the eighth grade after my dad had a job transfer. And so I lived in the Carolinas all the way from my childhood up until graduating college. And I went to school at Appalachian State University, which is in the mountains. Uh, go Mountaineers. And uh, got a graduate degree of communication, advertising, and a minor in theater arts. And ended up moving to Chicago two weeks after graduating college. And have been here now almost 15 years. And so um, Chicago is now home for me. And what drew you here or brought you here? Had you been here before? I had come and visited a number of times, but I was looking for jobs while I was here. And so in the advertising and marketing world, I did a number of interviews at uh, marketing firms and advertising companies downtown. And I happened to run into the right person one day and got a job offer at Harpo with the Oprah Winfrey Show. So when Oprah calls, you come a running. And that's what brought me to Chicago. I think we have a full question about that later, so everybody stay tuned. Um, And what got you into real estate? So I think that I'm one of those unique people that always had real estate in me. I was playing with Legos as a child and building floor plans um, while my friends were outside playing. I was in the house rearranging things. It was always just kind of in me. And then even when I was in college, I became an RA of my dorm for three years. So that was still my first kick into the housing side of things. And uh, then my first job as a college student was working as a leasing agent. So I worked in a community and leased to their apartments. So it only felt natural that when I came to Chicago in this amazing city of housing and architecture and all of the beautiful things we have, that when I decided to leave Harpo, getting into real estate was the the next step. And it just made sense to me. Um, it's inside me. I love it. I don't think of it even as a job. It's my career. Yeah. Well, Olin, walk us through the home buying experience. What is one piece of advice you always give to first-time home buyers? So good question. Home buying is something that I think scares a lot of people. So um, I love this question. And I love whenever it is a first-time home buyer that wants to start from the beginning ask every question that's been on their mind that maybe they've been nervous to ask. Um, The home buying process starts with getting the right people in place for you. Um, Having a realtor, having a mortgage lender, having an attorney, an inspector, those are the people that are part of your team that you go through the home buying process with. And myself being the realtor, I'm not even step one. Uh, If someone is looking to buy a home and they do not have cash, then they need to get a mortgage from a bank. And that is step one, is getting a loan, speaking with a loan officer, making sure that all the money is set. Um, Even if it's a friend of mine and they say, hey, can I go see a couple properties this weekend? The answer is if you haven't spoken with the mortgage banker, then you need to do that first. Absolutely step one. 
then you work with a broker um, like myself and you tell me all of the things that you're looking for in a home, all of the things that are important to you. We start the actual fund process, which is looking at homes, which could be anywhere from a week-long process to three, four months, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, then we move through uh, to the next stage, which is making an offer on the property, uh, doing all the negotiations, working with the attorneys, having an inspection, and a lot of that minutia that goes into it behind the scenes that people don't see is something that we as the team, the attorney, the realtor, and the lender handle. So we do a lot of hand-holding through that process. Um, it's actually not as daunting as some people make it out to be. You know, you see so many things on television or you read something or your friends tell you about an awful experience they had. It's really not that bad sometimes if you make sure that you start in the very beginning with step one and go through the entire process um, in the correct way. Um, something that I tell first-time buyers, even second-time buyers or seasoned people, is to live by the 80-10-10 rule for looking for a property. That's my biggest piece of advice. There is not a perfect property out there. There might be something that fits all the bill for you. There might be something that, um, if you could change this or change that, it seems perfect, but there is no 100%. So I tell people, if you find a property that is 80% what you love, 10% what you can change over time, and 10% what you can live with, then that then becomes the perfect property. So that, I think, is the biggest piece of first-time buyer um, knowledge that I can share. Um, that's what I did when I bought my first property as well as um, ended up doing a lot more work than I originally wanted to as part of that 10%. And you work with a team of people, right? So if people come to you, um, you know, as a real estate agent, they don't have to then just like scour the internet for, you know, a mortgage lender or an attorney or even like an interior designer. You have people that you work with regularly, correct? That's correct. And that's something that I love being able to offer to someone, especially if they are starting the process and they don't really know what they're getting themselves into. Um, not everybody knows a mortgage lender. Not everybody knows a real estate attorney. Um, that's the other misconception is somebody can just go online and try to find, um, hey, who's at my bank or who can I call that is a friend of a friend. Um, I like to make it more of a package deal. And so if you come to me and say, hey, Olin, I want to buy a property this year. Where do I start? we immediately get you referred over to a mortgage lender that'll take care of you. And then once we get through the buying process, I refer you to an attorney. Um, you can't just use any attorney. It can't be a family member or someone that you know that might handle a different type of um, law. It needs to be someone that does specialize in real estate law. So having that person in my pocket, then getting into the inspection period. If you don't know an inspector, I have fantastic people I've worked with. So over the years, I've built what I call just my master vendor list. And it's everybody that I've done work with that um, I completely trust and would be happy to just um, hand over uh, to continue the process after we found the home. I'm curious, in your opinion, what qualities in a person do you think make for a good real estate agent? Or if somebody was um, maybe interviewing a real estate agent, what are some of the questions that folks should ask? I'm going to add to my list, were you ever an RA? Because I feel like that is so interesting <laughs> to know that you were an RA and like probably was one of the hardest jobs and really is transferable. But yeah, what questions should people ask? Yeah, being an RA was definitely a lot of fun, but it was a hard job. So it kind of got me ready for the, the real life. Um, something that is very important to um, a new agent coming into the business is not taking the job for granted and thinking that you can just um, all of a sudden be successful overnight. 
Um, they've made it a little bit too easy nowadays to get a real estate license, and that's something that hopefully will change. Um, you study, you take a test, and then all of a sudden you have your license. And I don't think that that's the, the best way that it should be. Um, a lot of people get into this business as their second job or their follow-up job from what they, um, maybe they have a part-time during the day and they want to do this on the side. That's not the best real estate professional. It needs to be somebody that is going to dedicate their time. Um, I think about it this way. I wake up every morning and I'm unemployed. So you have to have motivation. You have to know that if you don't put the work in, you're not going to get anything out of it and just not live in complacency. That's really important. Um, when interviewing an agent, which I strongly suggest, um, even if it's someone you know, I, I totally think that uh, someone should maybe ask a friend for multiple referrals or um, check out a couple different companies and see if the agents do it differently. Especially if you're buying versus selling, there's different things that the agent will do for you. So um, I think that you should ask the agent a number of questions, one being how long have you been in the business? Um, everybody has to have a first deal, but you might not want to work with that person if it's not there, uh, if they haven't been in the business for a number of years. Um, how, how much have you sold this year? What is your volume? Um, how, how well do you know this market? Or is this something that you're just, quote, trying out for your new job? Things like that I don't think get asked very often, but they are very important because you're making a very big decision by buying a house. And you're, I should have said this earlier, but whenever you speak with a mortgage lender, I also think you should speak to more than one and try to find the right person that works for you in that respect. You're giving a large sum of money to buy this house. And so you need to make sure that you interview these people and that they are the best people that can help you walk through the process. You mentioned maybe wanting the credentials to be more difficult at some point. And I'm just curious, you know, do real estate agents um, shadow other real estate agents or are they mentored or is that kind of an aspect of it? Are you, or are you just kind of thrown into it to fend for yourself? Like what has that experience been like for you or what would you change about that kind of learning as you are a young real estate agent and kind of a young entrepreneur building your own business? How would you maybe change that for people? Yeah, I do wish that there was a little bit um, of a different process. When I did start in the business, it's not like you're being thrown into it, but the idea of being a real estate agent is you get to interview the company and find where you fit best and then just go to town and do it as you wish. Um, I did start working on my own as a baby agent and I had to learn a lot of things maybe the wrong way. Um, maybe five years or six years into the business, I actually did connect with someone at my company and kind of overnight decided that we were going to work together. Um, she was a little bit older than me and needed some help with social media and some of the things that I knew how to do with my generation. And I needed mentorship and I needed to learn processes and things that an experienced agent does. So we started working together and to this day, she is still one of my absolute favorite people. She's still my mentor. Um, she's now the managing broker of our office. And so I get to work with her on a daily basis. And I was lucky in that respect. And I don't think a lot of people do get that. Um, now that I've been doing this for a number of years, I do have a small team myself. Um, I run a team of three people. And those two have been with me for a little over a year and a half. And they do get to take advantage of my knowledge and my mentorship, which I 
have recently discovered I like doing. Um, and I think that uh, for them, it's an added benefit to be able to ask questions and learn and not be completely thrown into the business. And um, not everyone gets that opportunity. And I think that it should be something that is maybe suggested that you work on a team or work as a mentor um, to someone or do the shadowing, um, follow an agent around throughout the day and see what they do, get a sense for what the business is like so that whenever it is time for you to step up, it's not your first time. And how are your mentors' uh, social media skills now? <laughs> I think that she has uh, definitely got it down. Uh, she she tweets, she has an Instagram, she has a website. And actually, after I left her, I helped her hire a new assistant who took that over. And uh, I think their social media platform is going well. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, Olin, as Mr. Andersonville, how would you describe Andersonville to someone unfamiliar with the neighborhood? The best. I mean, you have to leave it at that. I am I am extremely biased. I love this hood. I've lived here now for almost eight years. There's something there's something special about it. It's hard to describe. The best thing I can do is to walk with that person down the street and just get a feel for it. Um, it's a hidden gem. It is uh, when I mention to some people that I live in Andersonville and they maybe don't go farther north than River North or Old Town, they're like, God, it's just so far away. And I'm like, have you ever been? Have you ever experienced it? There's so many wonderful things to see. And uh, I try to bring a lot of my friends up to the area that don't live here and just let them see what we have. And I love the small business feel. I love the fact that I can walk down the street um, and pass by where I was married and see my best friend's bar that's on the corner and uh, see people that I know walking down the street. And it's very small town feel to be in such a big city. And it's just charming. Uh, it's one of the things that I think that I like the best, um, getting up on a Saturday morning and walking to get coffee and going shopping and not feeling like I'm in downtown Chicago. Where did you get married? I got married at the Swedish American Museum. And they have a beautiful gallery space. And I lucked out in that whatever art is on the wall, the month or the quarter, I guess, that you are doing an event there, you get to use that art. So our wedding was in March because we wanted to have a winter wedding and had a beautiful, um, I can't remember the name of the flower, but it was a, a flower display that was on the wall and it was just almost like we did it on purpose. It was a gorgeous day. That's amazing. So you mentioned this already, but prior to becoming a broker, you worked for Harpo and Oprah Winfrey, where you became an expert at dealing in high pressure situations, we're guessing. So tell us about that experience and how that helped prep you for life as a real estate agent. Well, I was very lucky to get that job offer. I do not take it for granted. I would not take anything back. I would do it all over again um, and try to do it better. Um, it was so much fun, but it taught me so much about myself because as a 21-year-old and moving from the mountains of North Carolina to Chicago and working for Oprah, you have to grow up very quickly. Um, I also lost my accent. They actually asked me to try and speak more eloquently because I did have a Southern draw, um, a little bit even more now than I have. And and that was like you weren't even on TV or anything? That was, was just part of the culture or? It was answering the phones. Wow. Yeah. So I worked as the executive assistant to the director of media and public relations. And so therefore, um, everything media that happened for Harpo came through my boss. 
and then everything that she needed support, I did. So I would look down and I would answer the phone. It would be Rosie O'Donnell calling or it would be um, Baba Wawa. And I had to be on point and be ready to answer any question that was posed to me. And they just said, speak eloquently. Everybody knows that Miss Winfrey is from the South, but she lives in Chicago. So speak a little bit clearer. So I learned to pronounce things a little bit better and speak more eloquently. And over time, uh, I guess it just kind of stuck. And um, I met some amazing people. I made some great relationships uh, that I think did help me grow. Um, I was put in a position where I had to be in front of these um, actors and directors that I had seen on TV. And all of a sudden now I'm working with them. And you have to be perfect in everything you do. And you can't say the wrong thing. And... I just feel like it made you um, appreciate your job and also grow up very quickly. But then fun things where I'd be walking down the hallway and I'd see Oprah walk by and she'd say, hey, oh, and then I immediately just lost everything and was like, ah. and being able, she called me, oh, that was her love name for me. And so we had this little hi, oh, hi, oh thing. So that's something that'll always stay in my mind. Do you go back to, um, you know, North or South Carolina at all? to visit? I have gone a number of times for either Thanksgiving or Christmas to see family. It's not the easiest place to get to because the closest airport to my house is at least two hours away. And then just getting away from my real estate schedule and my performance schedule is a little bit tougher. And I wish I could go home more, but I, I'd say maybe once a year if I can make it work. I was just curious if your accent then becomes stronger when you go back to visit. Just give me three days at home with my mama. Okay, that's what right I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ellen, you're also a part of the Chicago Cabaret Project. Tell us more about the origins of the feathered bows. Yeah, so I was a theater arts minor at, in college, like I said, and have been a performer my entire life. So when I moved to Chicago, I wanted to have some form of artistic um something that I could do that would bring that side out of me outside of my day job. So I was lucky to find an incredible cabaret company called The Cabaret Project back in 2009, I believe, and have been performing with them ever since. And The Feathered Bows is our newest boy band that we just started last year in 2018. We've been performing together for about a year now. There's four guys, and we do... Uh, tight harmonies. Uh, it's a very raw sexual appeal, um, almost like burlesque, but cabaret style. And we perform all over Chicago, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and we also are traveling to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So it gets us out of Chicago a little bit as well. And where do you perform? Well, we used to perform at Uptown Underground um, before it closed. We've also been here in Andersonville at Mary's Attic. We have performed at the Green Dolphin and the Drake Hotel. But one of my favorite things that we've done is what uh, is called the Soiree Series. And we would host private cabaret events in people's homes. If, uh, if their home was large enough to accommodate between 50 and 70 patrons around a piano, and they had a big kitchen and enough places for people to sit, we would do a private show in their home. And... People would buy tickets online, and they would know the date of when they should show up and what time, and that's all. And then the morning of the event, we would email everybody with a secret address, 
so it was very underground and people would show up at a random home, maybe in Lincoln Park or maybe in the Prairie District and walk into a beautiful home. And as a realtor, I, I then got very nerdy and was able to give people tours and kind of talked about the house a little bit. And then we do a two hour cabaret show for them. And that was one of my favorite experiences. Um, we actually are looking to move to Andersonville and there's a space we have our eye on that hopefully in the next year we will have our own space to perform. So everybody stay tuned for that. You heard it here first, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, you have a very full and busy schedule, but if you weren't a real estate agent, what other career would you choose? Oh, easy. I would put down everything I have right now to go and be on Broadway. Um, it's been a dream of mine and I already have a specific role and everything picked out. If I could be Mark in rent, that's the, the role that I was born to play. Um, it would be something that would be a complete culture shock as being in the small cabaret scene in Chicago is much different than being on a massive stage like that. But it is something that is just in me. And when I'm on stage, I just, I'm living. So I would leave at properties, I would leave my husband, I would leave my dogs and be on Broadway in a heartbeat. <laughs> and Anthony Rapp was in Andersonville two weeks ago. I'm sorry, Did you what? Know this? You should have we called have me. We have a picture to show proof. I know he had dinner at Vincent and David from our team was there that night as well. And um, conversations may or may not have been had about Midsummer Fest and... Yeah, we now we're like, we all need to kind of like, you know, put out good vibes and karma for Anthony Rapp being in Andersonville more often. Okay, so I am inducting myself to the Andersonville Chamber Events Committee, and I will absolutely be his, I will pick him up from the airport, I will pick his brain on everything, he can stay in my guest room, whatever you need, I'm down. <laughs> awesome, Anthony Rapp, we've got you covered. Are you listening, universe? <laughs> All right, well, now we've reached the portion of our show when we ask our guests which Andersonville business they would like to trade places with for a day and why. So I already mentioned that I was married at the Swedish American Museum, and I think that Karen and her team are just amazing there, and being able to be part of somebody else's amazing special day or special event, I think I would definitely want to go to the museum. Um, however, a close tie would probably be the wooden spoon. Um, I love cooking and being able to work in a, in a kitchen and teach people. And then, then I could just shop all day. It's like going into Target, the hundred dollar store. You just walk in there and you just want to buy everything. So let's say it's a close tie. Do you like to cook? I love cooking. Um, being from the South, it was just kind of in me. And I have a funny story. My grand, my great grandmother was full blooded Cherokee Indian and her name was Tarva Pakola Harrison Davis which is a very long name, and everybody called her Tarva. And she taught everyone how to cook, and it just got passed down through all of our family. And so now, whenever I ask my mom, hey, what's the recipe for blah, blah, blah? She'll say, I don't know, just Tarva it. And it's just become, the that's how you describe what the meal is. It's you don't measure anything. It's just here's the ingredients and just Tarva it. So it's the way I cook today, and it's kind of like that, that TV show where you just open the fridge and pick four ingredients and make something. It's one of my favorite things to do. 
Well, thank you, Olin, for being here. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Olin, please visit olinsellschicago.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.